You're listening to Legally Bliss Conversations. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys, the ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll unpack the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. I want to welcome everyone to the Legally Blissed podcast. I am so happy to have Miss Christine Mattis today with us. She is the founder of the Mattis Law Group, which for more than two decades has served the residents of New Jersey in matters of estate planning and real estate law. In addition to general estate planning, The firm specializes in estate planning for clients who have a family member with special needs. I find this really interesting, and we're going to get into this. Christine graduated from the Jacob D. Fuchsberg Law Center at Tour College with a degree of Juris Doctor in 1995 and was admitted to the Bar of the State of New Jersey and to the U.S. District Court of New Jersey that same year. In addition to that, she is also a trustee of the Ocean County Bar Association, the Asian Pacific American Lawyer Association, and the American Bar Association, where she serves on its advisory panel. A strong believer in giving back to her community, Ms. Mattis has been involved in several pro bono work projects like Mary's Little Children, LLC, and Salatine Light Community, LLC. She's also the legal advisor to the Filipino American Medical Society, the Philippine Nurses Association of Ocean County, and FCDC Inc., which is the Filipino American Community Development Center Inc. Whoa. Okay, so Christine has way too many awards for me for me to even go into, but here are her just some some of the most recent. In 2015 and 2016, she got the Special Needs Lawyer of the Year, and that was from Corporate Livewire. In 2019, 2020, 2021, Best Lawyer for Families in 2020, probably the best one yet, right? Mompreneur of the year for legal. So welcome again, Christine. Thank you so much for being here. So that was like such a mouthful. You've, you have done a lot of amazing things. You give back to your community. Thank you so much for being here with me today. It's my pleasure. I was just so honored uh, that you invited me, and I love the message that you are providing to all other lawyers, and for me to be a part of, it's such an honor. I really thank you so much. My pleasure. Absolutely. So I want to talk, okay, so I've listened to you on other podcasts, and you're just a wealth of knowledge and information and like nuggets, right? Like great, like just little nuggets of wisdom for people. One thing I want to focus on, though, is you opening up your own law practice. And I think that this was about 2003. I'm looking at my notes. Was that 2003 you opened up your practice? That's absolutely right. You're right. 2003. I know that you had history practicing law before that. Um, I think it may, was it about 10 years? Yes, that's right. Yep. But I want to know, like, the impetus for starting your own practice and, like, 
what you felt like was the biggest obstacle for that and how you overcame it. So I come from a family who's always had their own type of business. My father is now a retired physician, and he is also now my professional babysitter, just letting you know. Uh, but he's always ingrained in my brother and I, don't be your employee. You can be your own boss. You have a vision. You can carry out your vision. And I remember him always saying that. And I would listen, and I would say, okay. And I had worked for various firms where I learned so much valuable information on how to practice law, how to treat people, how to carry on. However, um, it was around 2003 where I was working for a firm and I was really getting tired. I was getting that feeling of almost that burnt out feeling where you're working and working. And I, I was losing what's my goal, what's my purpose. And Yes, in the back of my mind, Susie, I've always wanted to have my own practice. I've always wanted to carry out my vision of how I want to treat people, how I want to help people. Um, I've always thought that I'd like to treat people as if they were on my own family. But oftentimes when we're working for other firms and other companies, you know, they have their own philosophy, their own strong philosophy. So it's important to fall in line. So when I had the opportunity to, you know what? I think it's time. I'll let you know. I felt like I was jumping off a bridge. I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, this is it. Uh, I'm going to do this. And I remember calling my parents and they were actually in vacation, Susie. And I remember saying, I think I, I want to open up my own firm. And my dad was all like hoot and hollering, say, yes, you're going to do it. And I, and thank, and my mom wasn't all excited, but she was just very steady. She was just like, okay, yes. And she was very, she always instilled in me confidence. She goes, you can do this. Sure. Sounds great. Sure. You know, and there was no iPhone. So it was no FaceTime. So it was just listening on the phone. But then I remember pausing and I remember saying to my dad, I don't know. What if this doesn't work? What if, what if this is a total, total failure? And I remember my dad saying, so then you'll just join another firm, Christine. You have experience. You have a background. What's the worst that really could happen? And I remember that, that feeling saying, okay, let me try this. But it was scary because I kept thinking, will I have enough clients? Will, will people know me? Will, will I be able to do the right type of work I want to do? Um, there's so many unknowns. And, you know, right now I've seen that there's so many resources available. But in 2003, perhaps I wasn't looking in the right place. Internet was just starting out. I didn't know what it turned out to be. So I did what I could do. I said, let me open up my own shingle. And I took my computer from the house and I had about 5,000 in my bank account. No joke. But I, I actually did have that confidence though, Susie. I really had that feeling, I'm going to do this. I'm going to help people. And I've always felt when you help the right people, things come back and I'm only doing things for the right reason. I have no other reason. So it, it, it has to work. Maybe it was naive, but I really did. I had the small office. You had to walk up this second flight of stairs and I, the desk the landlord gave me, he was, he was like, you can use this desk. And I said, great. That was it. I just used whatever I could find. And I slowly build from there. And I remember and I'll let you know what I thought was very, very important. I reached out to other members in my community. I remember putting out the shingle and thinking, okay, maybe I should tell other people. So the first person I went to was a criminal lawyer friend of mine who I've known for years. I didn't even make an appointment. I came in and I said to the receptionist, hey, 
is Carl available? And she's like, oh yeah. He goes, come in. And I said, so I opened up my own practice and he was so excited. And it was at the time, I wasn't sure what my focus would be, Susie. So he said, what do you want to do? I said, right now, anything. So he gave me a case right there. He goes, this person came in, you can help him. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, this is your file. And that was the first step of me realizing being generous, being helpful. And I remember that feeling when that client came in, it was as, so I already been practicing 10 years, but my gosh, it was as if I graduated. I was so nervous. I couldn't hear what he was saying. And then when he said, sure, I'll hire him. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) because it was so different when it's your own. It was just so strange. It was out of body. I was perspiring. He's talking to me about a speeding ticket. (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm like, here's, here's what I could do. And he goes, sounds great. And I was like, oh my God, I got my first client. And I, and I still remember him. I still remember. And I still keep that file to this day because I remember how nervous I was. But, uh, you know, I really, one of the big things I remember was making sure you have great connections in the community and then reaching out to them, being human, saying, this is what I did. And I wasn't even saying it to help me. I just thought, let me share this exciting news. And the first thing he did was so kind. And I just remember now, you know, how that feeling of, oh my gosh, someone believes in me besides my family. And I've always made sure to do that. When I know there's a new attorney, someone opening up their own firm, I want to be one of the first to greet them, congratulate them. And what can I do to help? Can I send you a file? Can I, can I be a resource to you? Do you need staff? Do you need someone to help? Uh, That was a big deal. And I, I didn't realize that that was just by accident when that happened. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's such an inspiration. And like you said, like, it's a great reminder too, that when that young attorney comes to you, right? Like what can you do to help them get off their feet? Because at the end of the day, he, he didn't only give you a file. I mean, he instilled in you confidence. It's, it's incredible. He did. Yeah. And yeah. comfort, right? Yeah. Cause you're yeah. scared. And here was someone, he was seasoned. He's been on his own for several years. I remember. And, and all he kept saying, you can do this. This is great. This is... And that, that was happening from other members of the community. Uh, I had put out a little announcement in our local um, bar newsletter. Chrissy and Matt is now open. Everyone. And the kind cards, I still have them today. Cards from attorneys. Go for it, Christine. Tell us your specialty. We're going to help you. That's so kind. I love the bar I'm in. That's the kind of people I'm surrounding myself with. And that's who I want to be helpful, supportive. Um, But I was so happy with the women attorneys who really stepped up, who really said, we've got to stick together. And that meant a lot. I love that you did a very, I think we called it a, or you called it a grassroots approach, (laughs) that initial business development, right? And I don't think that lawyers or even just business owners in general now um, really even think about marketing themselves that way, right? Because it's like, oh, I need to have like my Facebook page and I need to be on Twitter and all of these like digital platforms, right? But I think that there's a lot to be said for maybe taking a step back, especially kind of now and looking at maybe some of the old ways that we've done business development and see if there's ways that we can integrate that into what we're doing today. I've always felt the old fashioned way of doing business really makes you stand out. 
I love picking up the phone. I still do handwritten thank you cards. When someone refers business to me, I, I always send a thank you card to them. And sometimes they'll say like, Chris, I keep getting your cards. It's okay, but it's a habit. And I want to let them know that I spent the time thinking of you. And I mean, I am very grateful. I'm very grateful because you didn't have to. And that's something that I think is important. Same thing with prior clients, Susie. We really try to pick up the phone and just check in with them. It's very simple. And just to say, hi, you know, how'd it go? We, you know, we did your will a couple of years ago or even last year, everything okay? Or, you know, you bought that house. How's it going? Does it feel like a home now? That's all. It's just a sincere check-in. Uh, you know, we could very well send an email. I could do that. But I really think calling, doing that human touch, uh, it's different. But I'll tell you a funny story. So I do like calling in and checking in with clients. So I did check in with one. So I, I remember calling uh, a client and just checking in with him. And I think, you know, I don't think he was used to that. That's uh, here's the attorney. And I said, hey, how are you doing? And he was very stilted when he answered. Okay, fine, sure. And finally, he just said, listen, uh, do I owe you money? And I'm like, no, no, no. I said, I'm just asking how you are. And then he started laughing. And then I kept thinking, oh my gosh, is that why you only think we call you owe us money? I just felt so, and I, we laughed. And I always remember that that probably is a very uncommon thing. That's why, right? I mean, you know, if, if, if your CPA calls you, I don't know, maybe um, it is different. So I, I really love that idea that perhaps we're different that way and that we, we still try to throw in that human element, you know, which is very important. You know, treating those clients, you know, like they are like each client as if they're your, they're the only client. Right. And, um, and of course, like this isn't necessarily the, the motivation for it, but in addition to like looking back and saying, well, maybe we need to do development, maybe the more old fashioned kind of grassroots roots way, we need to look and see, well, how much of our new business is coming from referrals? And I think that referral based practices, rather than, you know, throwing your information out there in the ether and hoping whoever off the internet calls you or <laughs> DMs you on Twitter. <laughs> so true. Yeah. But, you know, you're already dealing with people who know, like, and trust you. So why would you try to put more effort in people who may not know you yet? I mean, the people that we deal with, the clients, they're like family. And we always try to do our best to educate them, inform them, catch up with them. Uh, because, you know, again, it gives you that good vibe, uh, you know, and I sincerely want to know what's happening. But I think from the other end, if I'm a client that I receive a call like that, it's a nice feeling. It's a concerning feeling. And then I think you just can't help but rave to your friend. Like, I got a great lawyer. Exactly. <laughs> Check in with me. There's nothing. There's no separate bill for this. They just want to know how we're doing. And what's so nice is that if they do have an issue, sure, let's chat about it now. Here, here's what I think you should do or whatnot, you know, and that's all, you know, instead of making an appointment and doing all that. Sure, we do that. But it is nice to chat with someone and just ask how they're doing. You're like, oh, my gosh. I'm so happy you called. I was thinking about this and like, okay, let's figure it out. That, that's all, that's all it is. Um, but it's also about time, right? As our businesses and our practices grow, is that a realistic approach? And yes and no. And that's why, you know, you try to generate a nice team, a team that has your same values, a team that is not shy about picking up the phone and being that personable and just checking in saying, hey, you know, Christine had helped you 
is everything okay? You know, things like that. I can already tell your team is on point <laughs> from my communication, right? With, with your firm and your assistant, like so kind. And, and, you know, when I had invited you on the podcast, um, I know that you're, you know, you have a lot going on. So your assistant helped you and she like filled out as much as she could. And I was so impressed, like with that, just that touch point. I was like, whoa, like she's got a great assistant, assistant. And another thing I thought was really interesting. I think that this speaks so highly of you as a leader. And it is when you like hung out your shingle early on, you had an assistant and there were times where like, there wasn't really a lot of work to do, but you didn't say assistant pound sand. You said, (laughs) we're in this, we're like, we're a team here, right? Like hang out in the office and read these magazines. Someone will come in. Yes. You remember that. You remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And we didn't even have a computer for her. I remember, and we're still friends. Uh, her name is Tiffany and we're still friends. And I remember I had the computer because I'm doing the work and she would be there. I was like, Hey, here's something. And I just remember that. And, uh, it was so helpful because at least she was answering the phones, helping to do certain things, setting up appointments, and at least giving that feeling with a client that, Hey, there's a semblance of a team there. So we'll have someone helping you. But yeah, and you know, it was about four months in, Susie, where I decided I think I need help. Prior to that, I'll share with you. Um, again, I think it goes a long way. Everyone you meet, you, you do create an impression. So I was working for other firms. And when I opened up my shingle, I couldn't, I didn't think I could afford someone right away. So I remember speaking to my old secretary telling her some good news. And she goes, well, I'm going to help you. And I remember saying, oh, I don't know if I can pay you. And uh, her name was Marianne. And she goes, Christine, you don't have to pay me. I remember for at least two months, she came in every morning, answered the phone for me, and I couldn't. So to this day, I will always be so grateful for that. That Again, that kindness, that helpfulness. Um, I guess you never realize along the way who you help what impression you make. So even as a young lawyer, I've always tried to express to other attorneys, be helpful, be kind. You just don't know who's going to help you in the future. It, it, it was just amazing to me. I mean, I was, I think, only a year as an associate when I met her. And till this day, we're friends. And I'm, I'm all friends with all my prior paralegals. We're, we're friends on Facebook. We communicate with each other and we have a good time. And I, I just think, again, reminding each other how you treat each other is so important. So, so important. In the capacity of being maybe a lawyer, a young lawyer in a law firm, and you have like your first assistant, right? I remember being like, like, I just remember thinking I am such a big deal right now. Like I have, you know, like I have a paralegal and a secretary. It was amazing. But at the, at the same time, I was like always so like, like afraid to lean into them. But I learned over time, like you will learn so much from them. Like if you allow yourself, like that's where you get some of your, you know, your, your best, like in terms of just, you know, day-to-day knowledge. And then also sort of, they will help you if, if they're on your side, navigate a lot of the politics and just the things that go in on a law, go on in a law firm. So Will you talk a little bit about uh, just treating assistants, paralegals? Yes. And I remember, you know, 
this goes, I'm dating myself. Remember when We Are the World started uh, and Michael Jackson was collecting all these celebrities to come sing with him. And there was a sign that said, hang your ego at the door. And I think that's so important for associates that yes, we're attorneys. God bless you past that bar. That's very challenging. It's, you know, I would never do it again. You know how people are saying to me, Chris, would you ever take the bar to go to another state? Nope, no way. Sorry, I'm happy where I am. I don't, I don't want to study anymore. However, so I get that. And when you have an assistant, you have a paralegal and a secretary, it is easy to perhaps get lost in that, um, the glow of yourself. However, it's so important to remember that they probably are doing this longer than you have. You know, practicing law isn't about how we're talking and I can quote the statute. There's a lot of ins and outs. There's procedure. There's just the little things of, hey, you know, when you write a letter to the court, you better copy your adversary. Mm, I remember not knowing that and getting hit for that. You know, who would know that? The secretary. Who would know that? The paralegal. And I remember going to them and I remember that feeling thing like, oh my gosh, I feel like they know no more than me and I don't. And, you know, and, but then I remember a secretary coming to me and she had said, listen, I'm going to go over certain things. And I'm just being honest with you. I've been doing this a long time, so I'm here to help. And I love that. And I love that. And once that happened, when I realized that, I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. I wasn't embarrassed. I wouldn't be afraid when I said, listen, a motion, how many days do I have to answer that? Like how many, you know, and she would show me and then I'll learn. Yeah, definitely learn. You know, I wouldn't rely. It's not fair, you know, to say like, they'll handle it, you know, and I'll sign my name whenever. Just show me the motion. So I really feel hang your ego at the door. You're there to learn. And I also feel that being respectful to the support staff goes such a long way. They help, to be quite honest, cover for you. They help educate you, they help you rise. There's only so much you might know, but if you can't get there with their help, you'll never get there. And it's the same thing when you go to court, right? Being kind to the court officer, being kind to the clerk, being kind, that you, it goes such a long way. I remember entering court and again, I don't go to court a lot, but there was a time when I did, I was working for an insurance defense firm. So we were there a lot. I, I remember once you were kind to the court clerk, were there times when they're like, hey, Chris, we'll put you to the top of the list? Yes, they did. It was very nice. I didn't ask for it, but it was just so nice. They're like, oh, Chris, I'll put you on the, on, you know, what am I going to say? Don't do that. I'd be like, oh, thanks. Thanks, so kind. And if they did it, no big deal either, right? And there were times I would go to court and say, hi, it's my I'm honest. It's my first time here. How does this work? Does the judge, whatever it is. And there's, you come in there you know, with honesty and humility, I think it goes a long way. I'm not saying be a pushover. I'm not saying, you know, being there and now being that shy wallflower and now we're not even going to talk in court. But I do feel there's a time and place to be strong and a time and place to be open to learn. Um, and it, it being sincere. So uh, to me, that, that those were just big, big um, lessons that I've learned yeah. early on. So you have your own law practice right now, and you're kind of talking back about whenever you were a younger associate, right? And, you know, you're dealing with paralegals and legal assistants. So like, what about now? Let's talk about like treatment of uh, legal secretaries and paralegals right now. What does that look like in your firm? 
So uh, I'm very grateful to have such a great team, Susie. Um, it took a while for me to get the type of team that I've been um, looking forward to and enjoying to have. And it's not about the members. It's about, it was about me not being clear about my vision, me not being clear of what I was looking for in my firm. And when you're not clear, um, you're getting different tools um, in your toolbox that perhaps maybe won't fit together and nothing wrong with them. It's just, if you are not clear what your mission is and your goals are, of course, you're going to get a hodgepodge of different tools that may not fit and jive together. So what I've been doing the last few years is really focusing on culture, really focusing on the type of team that I would love to be with. And right now, it's a fun team, Susie. I go in, I can joke. Um, I can create big visions and goals and not feel an eye roll or not feel like someone like, ah, like everyone support, like, yeah, we're going to do this. And sometimes I'll tell them, okay, this sounds audacious. This is what I want to do this month. And I love that. Okay. Like there's really putting their heads. Say, I think we can do that. Chris, instead of being like, that sounds crazy, you know, and <laughs> checking out, they're all like all for it. And, and I love coming to work. And like I said, we, we have fun. Um, but one of the things, and I was discussing this with another colleague, what I've, and, and you know, everyone has different skills and I'm still learning how to be a better leader. Um, but one of the things I've decided, realized is, you know, when you're speaking to your team, a lot goes along with how you do it. Um, it's very easy for me to say, this is due, you have to do this. This was done wrong. That was terrible. Sure. You know, it, probably it's more efficient and more direct, but we're dealing with humans, feelings. It's just the facts of life. So I've realized that delivery goes a long way. My, one of my old mentors used to say, icing goes a long way. And I do agree. <laughs> I do agree, especially me being a terrible baker. So I said, it's all of the icing, the icing. It's all the icing. I know at least I can get you halfway, you know? So I, I do think that's a big deal, you know? And I've also realized, um, and maybe, you know, there are times where I do have to be the leader, be decisive, make a quick decision and just commit. But there are other times, too, where I do have to take a softer approach, a, a more subservient approach, where I try to give you an option. Of course, I'll lean on what I, you should do. And, you know, is there really an option? But I do want to give uh, respect to your opinion, respect to who you are, and that you are trying to do the best you can in your position. Uh, and perhaps there are things about it that I wasn't aware of, you know, because it's not fair for me to say, like, why wasn't that due? You're late out, you know, you're not, the, I would love to do that. And like, da, 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 you know, go through the list, but it's nice to know like, Hey, what was going on today? I think that was due. What was the issue? A conversation, a communication, but it's not easy. You know, I had to have a tough conversation this morning with um, an employee where I felt um, there was some type of disagreement and it's uncomfortable, but sometimes you have to say, Hey, listen, I have feedback. That's all it is. Nothing good or bad. Here's feedback, but it's still, I still hem and haw. I still get that stomach ache because um, I, I think, you know, I, I am very sensitive to other people's feelings and I am too. I'm very sensitive. That's why I, I'm, I'm not a great trial lawyer. I'll let you know, because I'm so sensitive. I'm like, oh, that was mean. That was harsh. <laughs> I'm more of a mediator, but you know, if I, if I am court and, you know, my position has always been direct and assertive, I'm not allowed 
barrel that, you know, a yeller. And, and, and if that's the kind of attorney you want, because maybe that fits the bill, it's just that I have matured enough that I can say confidently, that's not me. My old self, I'd try to carve myself. Okay, they want a yeller. I'm going in there. And, and, and then you feel sick and then you feel crazy. Like you're yelling. And you're like, what am I saying? You know, uh, you don't feel authentic in you know? your so I, right? Yeah. So I think one of the other things is just really maturing, agreeing with yourself, being comfortable with yourself. I'm not a yeller and I won't be. So that's how we are. Right. And also, Susie, what I think too, being mature enough to be honest with a client, if there's a situation that you are not familiar with, you don't know how to handle, let's just be honest. My old self would be like, we're going to figure this out. And then I can't sleep and I have a stomach ache. And I'm like, my gosh, I just took this retainer and I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm, and I'm, it's, that's a disaster. So it's, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Um, and oftentimes, I'm sure you may too come across colleagues who tell me that, why did I take this case? I have nothing, I have no knowledge about this. And I'm like, ooh, that, that's also malpractice. But, um, but I, I've always said that I like to sleep at night. So, you know, you know, yeah. So it, it but it's, you learn that through, through yeah, maturity. Yeah. Through and let me ask you about sort of your client vetting process because. This, <laughs> this goes into mental health, right? Like Christine wants to be able to sleep at night, right? We want to be able to sleep at night. And obviously like, we're not going to take on cases or we shouldn't take on cases that are completely outside of our, um, you know, breadth of knowledge, but what, do you have any just little tips or best practices for vetting clients? Because as you know, like, as we get older and more experienced as lawyers, we can be a little pickier about who comes to your door, right? Absolutely. Oh, it, it doesn't have to be door yeah. law. Is that what you call it? Door law. <laughs> nope. Exactly. Door law where everybody comes through. I do it. Yes. Yes. And I, and I could, and I honestly could have, but you're not, are you doing it as efficiently? Are you, you know, and one of the reasons why I also um, try to let other people know, you know, yes. Can I help someone with a traffic ticket? I, I'm sure I can, but the reason why is perhaps maybe I know but the staff doesn't. So the amount of time to teach them to send the appearance letter, the notice, um, who are we copying? You're now losing money on that, right? Time is money and efficiency. And, and, and they've not, they're not used to that process. They may not have ever been exposed to a municipal court practice, even though you have. So it's all about systems and how things flow. But when we do meet a client, yes, it's very important from the onset that the initial um, say the receptionist understands what kind of law that you do practice so that they can vet from the beginning, right? Because it's not useful for everyone's time that we're sitting together and say, let me talk to you about the bankruptcy issue I have. And I'm like, oh, we don't do that. Now they're mad. I'm mad. You know, we just say, because we're thinking, why, why are we here? The best thing is to find out what they do um, and, and also making sure this, and it, there's no harm. Sometimes there's a, a, you know, an area of law that doesn't sound so familiar. And I get that with our receptionist. They'll ask me, hey, Chris, they're asking about this, that. Um, I know we do this, but can we also help? And we can educate and say, yeah, we actually can do that. Or no, we're going to have to refer that out, you know, and, and that's all. So first it starts at the door, right? Um, when they first call. It really does. Then we want to make sure, hey, we want to help you, but we want to make sure we can help you. If not, we'll find someone who can. And then when we actually are sitting with a, a prospective client, um, as much as they're evaluating us, you need to evaluate them too, right? Is this a team player? Is this someone that we can collaborate with who's open to suggestions, um, who's, um, you know, 
coachable is the right word, right? Because that's what they want from us. They do need our leadership. They do need direction, but we want to be respectful with what their goals are. And if we don't have that to and fro, it's very hard, you know, and especially, you know, most of our clients, they're clients for life. So I always think, is this someone I want to sit with at dinner? Is this someone that I want to have a drink with? Uh, you know, uh, I just very, you know, you, you need to be honest because we're not for everybody and everybody's not for us. It, it can't be, it can't be. Um, and so it's, but it's, it's hard, right? I mean, in my earlier years, you want that client because the rent's due or whatever it is, you know, and you're like, oh, Yep. And I, but I, I can, how many times have we known once they slide that check over, that feeling is gone right away when you're like, oh, this is going to be challenging. I don't know if we're going to work well together. And I encourage clients to also have that open evaluation of us as well, because I could be so gung ho about a client, but if they're lukewarm with me, it still won't work. You know, I, I want them to be excited just the same way when we work together, because we're here to do great things for each other, you know, and uh, it's got to work. Um, but that's hard. That takes education. You know, I really feel we're very familiar when we go to the dentist, we're dealing with a dental hygienist. We're very familiar when we make a doctor, we have to make an appointment. But not everyone is familiar of how to approach an attorney. A lot of times people think they can walk in. A lot of times people can think they can get us on the phone right away. A lot of times people are uh, confused about what they're paying for. Like, oh, I only ask a couple of questions. You know, so it's about educating what our role is to help, educating what we're there for. Because, you know, I, you know, I used to, you know, there's certain files that a paralegal is excellent to do and the lawyer steps in. When you're at the doctors, I, I have to tell you, my dental hygienist does a lot for me. And then I see the dentist at the end. I don't see myself demanding saying, look, where's the dentist? He should be cleaning my teeth, not you. Wait, wait a minute. This is not, this is not what I paid for, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's because we've been under, we, we've realized early on how to deal with those types of professions. But attorneys, unfortunately, we usually use them when it's a, a major problem. We're yeah, very it's stressed. a reactive situation. Yeah. So that learning curve um, is to be very fast. So we've been working on a, 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 a manual to give our clients once they hire us and, you know, basically how to be an A-plus client. You know, it's still in the works, but it's just to educate them. Here's who's on your team. Here's who you can talk to. Here's what we can help you with. Um, this is a definition of an emergency, you know, and that's different from every firm. Let's take a quick pause for a message from my sponsor, Prominent Practice. Are you thinking about a career transition from big law or partnership to a solo practice, selling your practice, or maybe you're launching a project unrelated to law? Whatever the reason for your transition, you'll need support along the way. Enter Prominent Practice, an executive consulting and marketing firm specializing in branding, positioning, and reputation management for transitioning attorneys. Founded by a female entrepreneur who spent a decade building smart digital platforms for thought leaders before pivoting to focus on high-end service providers who were preparing for successions, mergers, and acquisition events in their businesses. If you're thinking about making a big business move, don't risk losing the ability to leverage the reputation you've spent your career building. Let Prominent Practice be your guide. Visit prominentpractice.com slash blist for an exclusive introduction. But I also feel because, right, we, we don't deal with attorneys all the time. I'm always surprised when a certain thing occurs and I'm thinking like, 
but that's because they've never hired a lawyer before. They're very nervous. They're, they're not sure what, whereas, you know, how many we've been to, we go to the dentist every year, twice a year. We go to, we go to doctors all the time. So we know here's the nurse practitioner. I'm going to be like, excuse me, are you a doctor? Wait a minute. I only want to talk to, I mean, it, it just isn't so inappropriate. We don't do that. And there's no way I'm walking into my doctor. He can't see me now. Look, I don't get this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just, so all about educating and there's nothing wrong about it. It's just that I think the profession hasn't got to that level where we need to just explain more how things work. And again, every firm is different. So I just think to, you know, to educate the clients just to help them. So, you know, cause I would love it too. I would love like, Oh, okay. So I have that issue. This is who I talk to. And I shouldn't be surprised that the paralegal call me like, well, where's, where's the attorney? Why, why am I talking to you? That's all. It's above and beyond that engagement agreement, right? Or an engagement letter where we're kind of just setting the tone of the relationship or, or the expectations, but it, it really goes a lot deeper than that. And, you know, I love the idea of like having definitions, right? This is, this is, these are the common terms that you may hear us use, right? But also, um, so say if you're a firm that bills by the hour, and you send them the first bill. If I'm a client, I'm like, what's point one? What's point, what is this? I don't know what I'm looking at and I owe you what? So it's very important, especially before that first bill that you know one of our team members gets on the phone and say, hey, listen, we're gonna send your first bill. We're gonna go over it together. So we go through it. So we explain to you this, remember you gave us this amount and this was the time. And we really want to make sure I remember, and I, I forget, I can't remember the author, but there was a book, how to create bills that clients love to pay. But it's basically about creating the story in your bill, explaining because it, it doesn't do anyone in service drafted email to client, mm, answered client, phone call to adversary. What did we talk about? What was it about? Yeah, so you can explain and, and jog them in. Oh, yeah, that was the time she talked to me about that. I get it. Because it's all, and it's also helping us see the progression and looking at like, oh, I don't think I've spoke to that client in a couple of weeks. I wonder what was going on, what happened. So it's a nice, you know, and, and I know there's only so much you can put in there because you want to be careful about confidentiality, but enough to paint the story, to remember and to jog the memory that we're not just putting messages and that was a phone call and wrote letter. Yeah, that, that's so unhelpful. That's you know? so genius. Um, I, you know, I think of, or to, you know, kind of frame it in that context of like writing the story for the client. You know, I, yeah, I remember as a young all. lawyer, I kind of, when I, you know, first did billing, I had no idea what was happening. And I think I put something like email client, right. You know, and I, then I had that conversation with someone that was like, okay, we need to be a little more informative about what happened here, you know? So you learn that. And then I, when I had my own practice, I started writing more in there in the billing kind of for my own, you know, just even though like I have notes going constantly, I use Clio for my docketing, but I, you'll use that. Yeah. But I also started getting more in depth with what I said. Right. And I think it kind of helps, um, proactively answer questions, right? Because, you know, when you have those clients that come back and they're like, what is this? What is the point to, you know, all of these things, it can take up time, but Number one, if you're proactive, you know, whether you as a lawyer or your assistant proactively calls a client and explains that first bill, that's genius and huge. Everyone take note. Yeah, it is a good idea because then it, it gives them also, you're, you're just strengthening that trust that we're not just sending you things and I hope you pay it or just like, oh, you know, you're, you're being so straightforward. Here's our first bill together. Let's review it. 
Let's go over. And of course, if they have questions during that time, that's the way we're not shy about that. You know, that's it. But we're mostly a flat fee firm, Susie. But the few that we do by hour, that's what we do. But I've always thought, if I receive this, if I never saw, I wouldn't know what I'm looking at. Like, I don't know what these numbers are. Yeah. And then like, know. if you maybe give a discount or a write off, all of that stuff needs to be explained because the client needs to know, um, they just need to know what's going on with their case. And with, with framing it as you're basically telling this, like a story through that, I think that's such a great way to, to approach it. Like, even though like you're sitting there thinking, Oh God, I don't really want to work on billing today. Right. But if you go back through there and you kind of look at the notes that you've taken, you can, you can flesh out that story a little more, really ensure that transparency and increase client trust, which, you know, is obviously paramount. Um, and, Oh, the other thing about that, I think that's really good is like having, doing that, like they will, the client will be more likely to ask intelligent questions, which is so important. And that goes back to the manual, like that manual that you're talking about, like kind of that client manual, right? Um, at least helping them get kind of on some, <laughs> some bit of a playing field here with you, right? So, so it can be, so when exactly. your time is together, it can be really, really, really productive. And then also for those shy clients who feel like, oh my gosh, I never hired a lawyer before. I don't even know where to begin. Or I feel like this is a stupid question, so I'm not going to ask it. But at least we give them a base to start. They'll know some of the lingo. They'll know who, who's involved. And again, when people call, you know, they get introduced to the team. So they'll say like, oh, right, that's Doris from Billing. Okay, got it, got it. You know, I get the names, whatever the names are, you know, whatever's going to be, you know, because it's, again, we want to create that family atmosphere that we're here for you and we're here to work together, you know. Um, and again, you know, whether you're a big firm or medium, whatever it is, I just think all of these, it could be useful. You just assign a team member. That's their job. Educate, communicate, and, and just touch base with, with the clients and just making sure everything okay, anything we should know of. Knowing things early and nipping in the bud is so much better than last minute. You know, and another thing what I didn't like about your firm, and you're like, like where did that come from, you know? So, yeah, you know, if you can feel agitation, if you're like, okay, we're going to get there, you know, we're gonna, let's, let's fix it now. Rather fix it early than later because it builds so up. So much better you know? to be proactive. Like, I want to ask you, so this has been great because I, one thing I love talking um, with my clients about is client experience, like how we can make our clients experience amazing. And, you know, we talk about gifting and, you know, calling them, you know, following up, but I feel like this is really amazing because it's gone even deeper and really above and beyond. So these have, these have been some amazing, amazing points, but one thing I really want to kind of talk about with you before we wrap up is your inspiration, like your special needs work. And yes. I, cause I think this is so beautiful. Um, you know, you worked with, maybe it was a, co a business coach at one point that kind of helped you look at how you can maybe frame your practice, right? Like how you can maybe niche your practice. Can you talk to us just a little bit about how that happened? Yeah. You know, and I, and I think it goes to in any creative profession or a profession that you could become creative, um, it's so good to be into something that you know. Um, and when I was deciding what type of law, I realized I do like estate planning. I do like helping plan for the what ifs and the future and creating legacies and helping generations. However, I kept thinking, what 
could make me different from the next person. So I did have a business coach and he mentioned, you know, he asked about my family life and I'm always so proud about my husband and my two girls, um, Emma and Juliana. And I did mention that Juliana was born with Down syndrome. And he was like, huh, that's interesting. And he said, so do you, you must help other families with that situation. And at the time, I never even thought about this. And I said, well, I, I, I said, you know, I, I don't want, I, I, I didn't, not that I didn't want anyone to know about it, but I thought, well, that's so personal that people have to know about, you know, I'm here to help. And yes, if they have a situation like that, sure, I can jump in. And he just kept saying, but boy, what a resource you could be because of your firsthand experiences and all the issues that you came through and how you resolve them. And I fought that feeling. And I said, no, no, I don't want to do that. And when I, I said, I honestly don't even know much about it. You know, I'll go to other professionals to teach me. But in the big picture, it felt right. And when I decided to focus on that, my learning curve was so high, Susie. And I think it's because I really genuinely want to know, how can I help my family? How can I help my older daughter be a good helper to her sister and also make sure we don't have resentment? How can my husband and I be stronger together? You know, when Juliana was born, I have to say the first thing, and we we had a, we had an idea that she may have Down syndrome, but it was never confirmed. It was never, you know, we, I've always had the thought, you know what, we'll deal with it with whatever, because we'll love her just the same. But um, what I thought was surprising was me thinking, oh, wow, we have so much ahead of us. And I did read that there is a high rate of divorce with families who have a child who's disabled. So I remember when she was born, not even an hour, I turned my husband, listen, we got to communicate. If there's an issue, we got to work together. And he's like, I, oh yeah, of course. And we have, we are a very, very, very strong team. But what I was so excited about is to make sure that I expressed that to other families and to be there for them, whether or not they're by themselves or whatever, but I've researched and been through a lot of helpful forums, helpful support groups to see what can we do to overcome some of these things. But I'm telling them from my own personal experience. And because of that, um, I've, I've really been able to share a lot with my families. And I'm not shy about that because it was hard. Um, you know, but I remember when things were happening and my dad, so he was a real big Pollyanna, I'll let you know. And he says, Christine, I don't know what you're upset about or why you're worried. Everything is just going to be fine. She's going to be, modern medicine is here and she'll be great and you'll be happy. And then I remember my husband saying, I'm already happy. And I just felt like, oh, that's right. Be, be happy, happy now. now. Yeah. And we can do great things. And I share that with my families because do I, I, I've received calls where I'm like, Chris, my wife just had a baby and I, I do think baby's disabled. Um, I don't know what to do. And I'm, I was there, I was there and I can hear it in the voice. And I, and I do get emotional, Susie, because um, there's that overwhelming feeling that you think you're alone and you really are not. You really are not. And I've always wanted to express to other families that if you're going through this, and you know, I do think there is an element, um, me being a business owner, a mom, and now with whatever situation, I've always said it's so important to please gather your team please gather, get, and if you don't think you have so many people, I'm on your team. It's me. I, I'm, I'm here because I do get that a lot where people says, I don't have many people in my family, Chris, who's there. And I'm like, well, I said, well, I'm here and I'm there for you. And I'm looking out for you. 
because I know what's happening. I know exactly. I can act. I can sincerely say that I'm walking in your shoes and I know what you're going through. And if you don't know an answer and maybe I don't, I'm going to find an answer because I I've gathered my resources uh, because I do not want my family to have a disadvantage. And I always say to my families, what I have, you have. Whatever I'm going through, you're going to go through, and we're going to get it through together. I'm going to find that solution for you, and I, and I mean that sincerely. Um, so I've really felt for other attorneys, when you find that passion, when you find that issue, um, and I, I really feel, you know, and I, and I forgive me, there is a mentor, um, and she used to say um, that, you know, you use what you have, you, you, you make that your gift, those issues that you've had. And I never want to say that my daughter is my issue or that my daughter is my problem, but I'm saying that it's, it was a layer that we had to deal with. And rather than make that layer push us down, I've used that to rise and help other families to rise. So I, I really feel it's important to recognize it's not easy. It's not easy to talk about, you know, um, there's a lot of stigma with it and there's a lot of being vulnerable and being honest with people where you feel there's certain things I just can't do. There's certain things in my family that we're limited to doing and that it is what it is. You know, um, I've also been so proud that my daughter, Emma, she's a great big sister, Susie. She's really good. And we've been very, very focused to make sure that she feels independent, that she feels that she has decisions, that she's not anchored to her sister if she wants to be awesome but she, she does have choices. She does, you know, cause it's, it's very important that she feels that and that she's recognized. You know, there was an article that siblings of disabled siblings, they're always known as the other, or they're known as the glass siblings because we see through them because we're looking at the other sibling who has the issue. Um, and it's, very important that we don't do that. Um, and she actually participated. Um, we did a siblings helping siblings segment, a webinar where she gathered other kids that she knew in school who had a brother or sister with a disability. And we got together and we talked about, first I focused on them, you know, what they like, what's their favorite subject in school. And then what are some advice that they can share with other kids who have a sibling and maybe they're going through isolation. Maybe they're being challenged in school and they had such great input and they sounded so mature, you know, for these bunch of 13 year olds, you know, it was very good. So um, it's been my mission also to recognize the siblings. It's, it's so important. That. And, you know, if anyone is just listening to this and not watching it, I encourage you to watch Christine just glow when she talks about her work. I mean, I can, I can feel it like, through the video, how much you, how passionate you are about, about this, about your practice, about your mission, about your firm culture, which is obviously really, you know, important, your, um, your clients, your family. I, I love that, um, you know, you speak so highly of your husband. So many people don't do that, unfortunately, right? They complain a lot. You speak so highly of your father, <laughs> Who sounds yes. um, like an amazing man. I remember you said in a podcast, he, he, I think it was about like, what is in the best business advice or whatever. And he said, be persistent, right? Like don't give up. Absolutely. That was really cool. It was like, yep. he seems like such an inspiration. Yes. It's such an inspiration. So let me ask you just one more thing before I permit you to leave me today. 
because I think I could have you for like another hour. Um, Thank what's you. next for you? Well, you know, as I look forward, you know, I really have been trying to make it my mission to have people look at adults and children, not with a disability, but just to look at them for who they are. People as if you have brown hair, yellow hair, orange hair, it's just who they are. Rather than seeing them what they can't do, let's keep reminding of what they can do. I'll share with you with my youngest, um, Juliana, every little thing that she does, I have to say we're, we're so excited. And I do point to Emma, my oldest, to say, hey, listen, did you teach her that? Is that something she got from you? But it is funny. And I have to say, they've showed me what unconditional love means and that we treasure and just honor and be grateful for all the little things. I mean, yesterday I'm talking to Juliana and she went to the store and I asked her, hey, what, what did you pick out at the grocery store? And she named it. And I really wasn't sure if she would remember, but she did. She was like grapes, apples. I mean, she went through the list. So those little things, you're always amazed. You're always grateful. And, and, and you just always remember that they do know a lot. They, they know a lot of things and we should never shortchange them. And that's one of my missions then, Susie, is to be that spokesperson to remind people that there's so much that can be done. There's so much that they do. Uh, and we shouldn't forget that and, and, and not focus mm, on the limits. Yeah. I think that we as humans kind of tend to do that, right? Like we, we focus on the limits. We focus on the... Uh, scarcity in life <laughs> rather than focusing on the amazing things that happen in life, like the amazing abundance that life provides us. Generally, most of us living right here in America, right? Like we're pretty lucky. You know, I was listening to your story about visiting your family in the Philippines and, you know, it's such a reminder. <laughs> We're very, very fortunate here, right? And we have to be grateful for those little things that happen for us every day. Is it, is it our little girl coming back from the store who's able to remember these three different, you know, fruits that she picked up, right? And that was such a beautiful conversation that you had with her. So, um, yeah, I have no doubt you have so many amazing adventures um, coming up in your business um, and with your with your family. So where can people find you? So we have a website. So it's www.mattislaw.com, M-A-T-U-S-L-E-W.com. And all our information is there. We're also on Twitter and Instagram and the more professional yeah. LinkedIn, uh, you know, no um, you can always find us there. Um, Yes, exactly. No oh yeah, no TikTok. Don't, don't go there. I have to tell you, I'm I'm fascinated with it. I have to tell you, I think there are times I'm looking through and I see it on Facebook and then I'm like drawn into that world. But <laughs> yeah, that little 10 second world. Uh, but yeah, people can find us. We have um, our main office is in okay. Tom's River, New Jersey, but we have office in Red okay. Bank and in New York. So we're, we're trying to do our best to help as many people as possible. But we're also accommodating doing Zoom and phone calls and, and wow. things like this that. This has been so amazing. I want to thank you so much again I for hanging out with me, telling me a little bit about your story. It's been fun. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. I really love being on your podcast and you do such a great service, Susie, by helping educate others and supporting them and giving oh, them confidence and things that thank they need you. to do. Yeah, this is all about supporting women and younger attorneys and showing them what's possible. And I feel like 
you are if you are an example of of what's possible so i think that's beautiful thank you thank you so much for hanging out with us today on legally bliss conversations if you love this episode and you want to hang out with other inspiring and light gold female attorneys be sure to join the legally bliss community at legallyblissed.com and be sure to follow me on instagram at suzy nixon see you next time <laughs>